For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. Welcome, my friends, to MSR Cast, your heavy metal podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Kerry the Metal Geek, along with Sean the Metal Pigeon. How are you, sir? I'm very good. It's been a couple episodes because the last episode that I released was that interview episode we I did with Cammy from Oceans of Slumber. Yeah. yeah. Which was phenomenal. First time I've ever played Bjork on the show. And probably the only time. Yeah. First yeah, and she last. She an interesting set list. Yeah. She was uh, she's great. I, I, I like her a lot. She's uh she's an amazing vocalist. Um and she, I think it was just a great interview. If you're into Oceans of Slumber, they, they did a great show that night. And I discovered a band that we're going to play later opening up for them, another another local band who are actually on tour right now. And we'll get to that when we play them. But before all that, I want to uh, invite on our very special guest, uh, Justin from the Metal Exchange podcast. We're sort of paying it forward, paying it back, because uh, Sean and I were both guests on your show, your podcast you do with your buddy Chris, uh, just this past week where we covered Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath. So yeah, it, it's too. an absolute pleasure to be here, guys. Um, as, as you said, I am uh, one of the co-hosts of the Metal Exchange podcast. Each week, we basically do a deep dive into an album, right? And it's 98% of the time, it's a metal album, but it runs the gamut from power metal to prog to black metal. I mean, you name it. We kind of cover it, and then we'll throw in, you know, some special episodes where we do something a little bit outside the box. We've done the monkeys, we've done Pearl Jam. I mean, it really kind of runs the gamut. Those are kind of kind of special episodes, but it's an absolute pleasure to be here. You know, it was great talking to you guys about an album that came out almost forty years ago. Oh and, my God, uh, yeah. Today we get to do some more modern stuff, which is awesome. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for being here. It was, we had a we had a great time on the show. Um, you know, Mirthful Fates touring. Uh, you know another band that's that just announced a tour this week that I'm excited for? Halloween and Hammerfall. I did not think this tour was going to come to the States, uh, but it did. And tickets, they're, they're doing like, what, 14, 15 dates, something like that? Yeah. Uh, Dallas is one of the dates. Guess which guy has two tickets for Halloween already? That's awesome. Are they on sale already? The I got the pre-sale tickets today. Okay. Um of course, uh, the the tickets weren't super cheap. They're it's okay, fifty dollars, forty nine ninety nine. But uh, you look how much value you're going to get for that fifty dollars. Totally worth it. I know so uh, sale tomorrow, right? They do go on sale to the general public. I don't think they're going to sell out or anything because it's not like I think it's all general admission. Okay. So uh, I know enough people coming from Houston that we should just rent a party bus, man. You down? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my ticket tomorrow, and yeah, yep. I mean we're road tripping. Anyone wants to carpool? Yeah, let's do it. I, I cannot wait. That's uh, May 13th, I think, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I'm something to look forward to. So happy for you guys. I I caught them twice on the last run of shows they did because for whatever reason, when they played New York City, which is where I'm from. They played a venue that was kind of small by their standards. It only held about a thousand people, and they sold it out twice. 
obviously I had to go uh, twice just because I'm a massive, massive oh, yeah. Halloween fan. Um, but this would be great. They're playing a venue here in this time, which is much, much bigger. And it's a venue that like Dream Theater and Opeth have played. So okay. you can imagine the size. So- they've just gone up in size. So just, I, I expect to have about 3,000, maybe 3,500 people there, oh, which, wow. is, which is a big, big Halloween show. And you're lucky you so live – you, you're nearby. You live in New York. So you get to see all these amazing shows. Sometimes yeah. Houston gets skipped a lot for some of the bigger shows. But I've seen I've seen Halloween twice in my lifetime. Uh, and both times, weirdly enough, was in Chicago. That uh, is, that's one, funny. One time it was just visiting family. And I was like, oh, well, Halloween is playing. They played with Jack Panther. And I'm like, see you guys later. I'm going to a concert. I'm taking a cab. And then a couple of years ago when they played, they did the whole tour. We... Uh, we planned a whole family, you know, we're, we're burying my uncle's ashes. We're like, you know what? Halloween's playing in Chicago. Why don't we go? And it just, it just turned out to a great weekend, man. Yeah. I, I, I can't say enough about them. The first time I actually caught them was way back in 1998 on the better than raw tour. They had done a whole world tour and then they decided to play New York city for one show at a club that probably held about 200 people. Wow. And, uh, it was myself about, seven or eight friends of mine, Jen Johansson, who I, I think we'll talk about a little bit later, who happened to be in the crowd, and then about a hundred other people. It was <sighs> it was insane. Um it was the first club show I had ever been to, and I still have permanent hearing loss from that show. I just <laughs> as you should. I mean, as I should. So I was indoctrinated the right way. And then since then I've seen them a bunch, but uh hu- huge fan of Michael Kiske and 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 so oh. to see him live, I mean what the whole oh my god, it's magical when, when when Kiske and Andy Darius and, and Kai Hansen are all together on stage and they're all singing songs. It's fucking magical. Chills, I, like I, I get literal. chills up my arm because, as I said, I'm a massive, massive Halloween fan, and and to see that it was something I never thought I would see. Yes. Um, what I, other ba- what other band can you think of that's had all three major vocalists on tour and then on an album together? Can you name one other? I don't think I can. It's weird, right? I mean, I'm waiting for Anthrax to do it. Yeah, that that would be cool. It's the Anthrax 40th anniversary. Where's the tour with Belladonna, Bush, (laughs) and the original vocalist? I mean, we can go all the way back. Yeah, we could do it. I I don't think they would, but but yeah, Halloween is the only band I can think of, and it's pretty great. The, the another one would be Threshold, except one of the singers passed away. That's true. I happened to see all three incarnations of, of them oh. with all three singers, but not at the I, same time. You know, my my jealousy bone just came out. <laughs> I'm a huge Threshold. They are one of my boy. favorites. Yeah, when it uh, comes you, to the prog side. Who's your favorite vocalist in the band? Oh God, uh, you know something? I I which album am I listening to, right? If I'm, I love hypothetical. So I, I'm partial to Mac, but I think he might be my least favorite of the three, even though that oh, might really? be my favorite album. I thought the last album with Glenn was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it's quickly grown to be one of my favorites, but just in terms of a pure voice, I think I'm a Damien Wilson fan the most, even though the albums with him are not necessarily my favorites as weird as that is. I mean, how could you not be a, a, a freaking Damien Knight Wilson fan? He's, Incredible. I mean, th- there's a reason why he was doing Les Mis and, and being a star uh, in, in London. It's it's he, he's got he's got some set of pipes. Did you, uh, uh, I, you know, Sean? I've talked to you about this before, but I always said that if Arion's going to do another live show, that I need to go. 
Well, they posted some cryptics video today with some dates in 2023, September of 23. So, I don't know, man. There might be a trip to the Netherlands coming up. I don't know. Carrie's going to Europe. (laughs) Europe vacation. Never been to Europe. This would be amazing. We got our, uh, one of the things we decided to do was, before the pandemic, is me and my wife, we both got um, our, um, um, what do you call it? I'm sorry? Well, not bucket list, but we got our passports so we can be prepared to do some of the stuff. And then the pandemic hit. We're like, oh, I guess we're not going out of the country yet. <laughs> but I don't know. Arion would be uh, top on that list. There are a few bands I think I would travel overseas for at this point. They would be at the top of the list. So I saw the announcement. Yes. For me, I'm going to Prague Power the week before. So it's just uh, terrible timing. So I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do a week in Atlanta and then sure. a week in the Netherlands or, you know, five days in the Netherlands, but they're playing three shows and I'll be lying. I'll be lying if I haven't considered flying in the day before yep. and then just flying home, like on Sunday or something like that. I, I know it sounds crazy. It's a, it's a bucket list band for me for sure. Yeah. I, Sean knows my, my deep and in, in, unending love for the man that is Arian Lukinson. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Sean, for you, who's that one band that you would fly to Europe to go see? Uh, it can't be to Europe. It would be, I mean, I guess it would be Therion because I don't think I'll ever have a chance to see them, but they do sometimes hit to Mexico. So I have considered that as an option. So oh, a little yeah. bit closer. Yeah. That's at least drivable. I will not be driving into Mexico. That is for sure. (laughs) Nice. Um, I can see you doing that for Terry on. Yeah. Like a Mexico city thing that could, that could be possible. All right. So uh, we're going to start this uh, episode off with a somber note. I I do want to play something from the new soil work album. Uh, in in memory and tribute to David Anderson, who just passed away what, two weeks ago now, um, album just came out just just like last month, and I really dig this album. Um, the song that I picked that we're going to play is called I, I'm going to try to pronounce it. I think it's French. Uh, no Somme la Guerre. Where we'll we'll go with that. Uh, I get this song reminds me of um, just like southernness, like like new Orleans and like the album cover, everything about it just feels like that, that genre to me. And I, I really liked this song even before. Um, I know Sean, you're, you're a bigger soul work fan than I am. Right. Uh, honestly, the, I mean, it's not that I don't like their, their recent albums. They just haven't moved me the way they used to back in the old days. So, sure. Um, I have sort of cooled on the band for uh, the past decade or so. Yeah, and he's, to be he honest with you, I haven't even listened to the new album. Oh wow, he was also a guitar player in Night Flight or- Orchestra as well, yeah. and he wrote music. Who there I do there. like? Yes, uh, you know they they said in a statement on social media, sadly, alcohol and mental illness took you away from us. So if you are struggling with you know issues, alcohol, mental illness, find somebody to help you. There's call a friend. There's there's numbers to call. Just get the help because uh, you're you're needed for sure. Um, man, forty seven. I'm I'm forty seven now, so <laughs> I, I feel so young, man. 
I can't even think about it. So, uh, on, are you guys uh, so work fans on your show? Have y'all have you touched on it yet? Yeah. So we did. Oh goodness, it, way back when one of the first, I think, melodic death metal albums that we covered. Uh, was either Natural Born Chaos or Figure Number Five. Uh, I was that's when I first heard the band, and I wanted to expose my co-host, who's more of a power metal guy and some prog. He, he dabbles in some of the other stuff, probably because I forced him to listen to it. Um, but I, I've been a Soilwork fan for a long time. I, I have to say, the the their album in 2013, The Living Infinite. I thought that that album was superb, and then since then they've kind of lost me a little bit. I just wasn't as into some of the stuff they had been doing, but I thought the new album was great. And and you can definitely hear the Night Flight Orchestra elements yeah. to it. There's certain songs where, you know, um, Bjorn Street just sings in this, like, you know, no, no growls. It's just, the, you know, just his, his normal voice, which is fantastic. But I love the dichotomy because in the next breath, you'll, you'll hear a song that actually harkens back to like, you know, something you would hear on the chain heart machine. So it was, I thought the balance yeah, on that record was really good. And, and that's it's a good mixture of their, their, their different eras. Yeah. It you mentioned Natural Born Chaos. Little known fact, that album was produced by Devin Townsend. Yes. Yes. Who I think is an underrated producer. He's done a lot of albums yes. that people don't talk about, but the mixes are just phenomenal. Uh, Stuck Mojo. Not mm -hmm. a band that we would play, but did a great job. No question. So yeah, uh, in tribute in memory of David Anderson, you are uh, you're gone too soon, man. Um, you're a great guitar player, so I wanted to pay a little respect on the show and play something from the new soil work. So here we go. This is something from the brand new album. It's called Overgiven Satan. We're just gonna go with that. Sounds good to me. Check it out. Soil work. We'll be right back. Scratching me 
welcome back. That was uh, okay. So I did take uh, a couple years of French um, in school. So that I, was New Somme Le Gué. Oh wow! And, uh, Why didn't you stop is, me before when I tried to say it? I <laughs> I didn't want to be rude, but uh, the album I think is called <laughs> Overgive Overgiven Tethan or Overgiven the Ten in our Over, American I think, dialect. I think Overgiven the Ten is the best way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they're not going to give a pronunciation guide with this stuff, we're going to just have to make up our own. There's like an umlaut. There's a special character above the O, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uvergiven. Uvergiven the 10. There you go. That sounds dirty when you say it like that. (laughs) I call it the New Soil Work album because I'm not even going to attempt what you guys (laughs) Exactly. We try and people laugh at us so many times. It's okay, though. We're from Texas. We don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so um justin we're going to this is actually your time to shine now because uh you picked out the next couple tracks um, yeah so let's talk about let's talk about what you've been jamming recently what you've been into and then we're going to get into the, the the two picks that you've uh chosen for us i remember i'm going to take everyone back which is kind of what we do on our show back in 2006 i had heard a band for the first time that when i heard the first few songs off an album that had come out i was literally blown away and i hadn't heard a power metal album quite like dragonland's astronomy in a long time um i was a big power metal fan in the late 90s and i kind of have been drifting away from the genre over time. But I remember in 2006, when I first heard astronomy, I was completely blown away. And I, I went back and I checked out all the stuff in their in their catalog. And this band winds up going on hiatus in 2011. But for a short live show that they did in Atlanta, of all places at Prague Power, which was absolutely mind blowing. But they this band doesn't release a studio album for 11 years. And all of a sudden, you know, it's it's 2022 and the band says we're getting back together. We have a new album coming out in October. So my ears are, you know, perked up because one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to be kind of disappointed like I was with the Porcupine Tree album, even though I thought – even though I happened to be a big fan of the band, I didn't think the, the new album was phenomenal. It didn't live up to the expectations. And then I got a promo copy of this. They've released three singles, I think, at this point, but I, I I have heard the whole album. It is phenomenal, and it's as if the band hasn't missed a stride. And what they do so well, in my opinion, is that they write the melodies, and, the, and obviously you've got the beautiful solos and the interplay between the guitars and the keyboards, but the lush production, I think, is what sets them apart, plus Jonas's vocals on top of this frenetic, catchy power metal it's a formula for success. I happen to be a big fan. Have, have you guys heard the singles? I, oh, yeah. I heard, yeah, I, I I heard the track that you picked out. I'm going to go back and listen to the other ones. When does the album drop? I believe it's a young kid say. <laughs> I believe it's October 14th. Yeah. Okay. I'm but excited yeah, for it. Yeah. This one blew me away, and I was very very surprised because. You know, I, I tempered my expectations. When you're off for that long, you just think yeah. there's going to be a real shift in style or just, you know, people concentrating on other things. I know Olaf does his Amaranth project, which is really his his baby at this point. Uh, but this was a phenomenal album. I, I, look, I, I encourage everyone to check it out when it drops in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I, I love your air quotes. <laughs> I didn't realize it was the same guy from Amaranth. Uh, you, you know, um, 
Sean knows my my I guess air quote love for that band. I mean, I I knew Olaf. I knew about Olaf Mork since two thousand one. I, I first heard Dragon uh, Dragonland on it. They were on the old incarnation of MP3.com for a little bit after wow. uh, Dragonheart had blew up on there. Uh, Dragonland threw their demo up there, um, and then I think the site went down shortly after that. But I Battle of the Ivory Plains and Holy War are power metal classics, early 2000s power metal classics. Starfall and Astronomy, I'm I like them. They weren't as they didn't live up to the to the majesty of those first two Dragonland albums. But Grey Banner, Under the Grey Banner, 2011, maybe a flawless power metal album, like damn near perfect. And um, I thought that that would kind of be it because after 2011. Amaranth became his Olaf's main priority. Dragonland, as far as we knew, was put on ice, and they didn't really. They've been promising this album for so long now that a lot of people just kind of thought it'd be like a Chinese democracy thing, where it would either never show up or show up, and you know. And the thing is, to, to hear these three songs, and they're such vintage Dragonland songs. I got so fired up when I heard them, and I was just. I'm, I'm, it has my hopes for the album raised to maybe a dangerous degree, but if if the rest of the album is even uh, 80% of what these three songs are, this could be the power metal album of the year. I will just say, without, without hyping it too much, that the three songs are very representative of the whole album and that it harkens back to the old days without... Um, feeling derivative. It didn't feel like I was listening to Ivory Plains part two. It just carried enough of the elements over that you could say, this is vintage Dragonland, and they haven't missed a beat. Yeah. I mean, because Jonas sounds ageless. He doesn't sound like he's aged at all. And they still has that kind of vibrant, colorful, youthful sort of swagger to it that they had back when they first came on the scene. It's the kind of power metal, this stuff that reminds me of what I fundamentally love about vintage European power metal. It's, it's got every kind of element in there. And, you know, there's a band from the UK that they uh, fellowship who released their album this year. That was really good. Um, And I, and, and you can see the kind of threads between like a new band doing almost the same kind of style. And then a veteran band like Dragonland, the links are there. And it's so interesting to see them release their albums kind of in the same year and see that connection still there. Power people who have power metal, they love it for a certain reason, even though we can all make fun of it sometimes. This music, when it's at its best, it's unlike any other kind of music out there in terms of just what it does to you, like you know, like how it makes you feel, that kind of thing. So now, um, yeah, uh, is- Justin, you've heard the whole album, right? I have, I have. This comparatively to some of the other stuff, this looks more science fictiony to me, lyrically in the album cover. I'm looking at just the lyrics for like the song we're about to play, Flight from Destruction, and it reminds me of like Arion because it reminds me of like leaving Planet Y and trying to just and just looking at the the, the song title, so which is strange for a, a band like this to do such a, a science fictiony power metal album. Yeah, normally it's more of the um, the Renaissance Fair, uh, you know, battle for the planes, get on the horse with your knight type of thing, which is cool. 
but I think they just wanted to try something a little bit different. I, I, I haven't done the deep dive into the lyrics yet, but uh, that's the impression I got from you know what I was able to pick up you know right away. It's 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 a different direction, but it's not. And, and it's listen, it's power metal, right? And it's and to your point, Sean, it's classic power metal. So you have that you know cheesiness that we all love when it's done well. This has it, but it's not done to the point of absurdity, if that makes sense, where it's like tastefully done. And I think that that's what separates them apart. I thought Fellowship was a great album as well, and I had it really high on my list of top power metal albums of the year. Um, I'll still put it in my top three for, again, somebody who's kind of a little disenchanted with the genre. uh, But this one is right there next to it, and uh, I'll bury the lead a little bit. There's another one we'll talk about, which is right there with it. All right, yeah. All right, so uh, this is your your time to shine, my friend. Uh, go ahead and let's introduce Dragonland. Well, from the uh, brand new uh, Dragonland album, which will be out on October 14th, listen to Flight from Destruction from The Power of the Night Star. Enjoy.
And welcome back to the show, my friends. Uh, ending that last set was another pick from our, our our friend here, Justin, from the Metal Exchange podcast. That was Exilium Noctis, a black metal band I've never heard of before tonight. I hadn't heard of them either until earlier this week. And I think I should preface it by saying I would not hold myself out as a complete connoisseur of the genre it took me a while to really appreciate a lot of bands in the genre. Um, I remember the first time I heard Mayhem and I just did not listen to black metal for probably two years after that because I just <laughs> didn't understand it. And then I then I heard Emperor and I said, I, I get it. I get it. Emperor was like my gateway drug. But even to this day, I think that there's certain bands that resonate with me more than others. And I, this one was one of those bands because it didn't, this band Exilium Noctis doesn't it doesn't have um where it doesn't just beat you over the head with the with the double bass drum and, and obviously the the extreme vocals here there's there's actual melody they uh they're they're more of a symphonic black metal band i think than um you know your 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 bursums or, or something like that and that was the allure and they also slow it down and they change the pace enough where you feel like you know what you can actually kind of sink your teeth into the songs and it's not just hitting you with this wall of sound, which becomes almost um, insurmountable at times. Agreed. Um, we need, we need to get you on with our other friend, Justin, the uh, metal encyclopedia is what we're going to call him now. Uh, him and our, our, one of our good friends and listeners, Christian, they, they listen to every single album every single week and they are both way into modern black metal. Um, they know way more about it than I will ever attempt to even know. Though I always trust their judgment on stuff. So I wonder if they've heard this and what they think about it. And uh, I'm, I'd be excited to hear that from them. Um, I know Justin, the other Justin, it's going to be weird. Um, but uh, he's really in the, the Garia band right now that came out last week, which is really, really good too. Yeah, I have to check that out. Um, I'm, I'm very picky, but when it, something hits me, I wind up playing it a lot and I find it to be a really nice contrast as someone who's like the resident prog guy. I think I, I probably check out every prog metal album that comes out. Sure. I love the contrast. And and so I find myself, the older I get, the more I want to jump around and it makes things resonate a little bit more, but I just don't play any black metal because I'm picky and, 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 but this one seemed to hit the right spot. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. Very cool. So uh, as we're talking about new black metal releases, Sean, have you heard the Garia album yet? I uh, checked it out today, actually, for the okay. first time. Um, that is a band I, I need to give more time to because yeah. it's, they're not an instant. It, like like he was just saying, it's it, you know, there's black metal that's easy to sink your teeth into, mm-hmm. and then there's stuff that is a wall of sound, and that not you know, for me, I, I got into black metal with wall of sound bands, so. I know how to approach it, but it's one of those things where you have to devote the time to it in order to kind of break through it, let it seep into your your system and sure. and um, process per- it. And personally, I'm more into I guess I, I, I guess you, we would call it symphonic black metal, or I like yeah. um, black and roll that type of style, uh, which we might get into a little bit later. But uh, I wanted to bring up the new Behemoth album. Have you guys both heard it? Yes, many yes, times. Yeah. All right. So, what are your what are your thoughts on? Let's get into it, Sean. Um, it's it's immediately 
better than the last one. Just there's something about the they've kicked up the tempo a little bit. The songs hit a little bit more directly. It's got more um, just hooks to it immediately, and it's less. Um, I don't know how, how do I say this. Up, it's it's less up its own ass. Basically, it's not as pretentious. You think it's, it's more, more of a metal album? More metal? Is it? You think it's more accessible? It's just, it was just it was just more direct and more straight to the point and less nonsensey and. I just enjoyed it. Like um, the last one, I kind of, I remember we, we gave it a pretty scathing uh, appraisal on the podcast and then I never listened to it again. So uh, <laughs> I, you know. some of our other co-hosts were like, we was mentioned Justin uh, really into behemoth. So like one of his, one of his, his favorite albums of all time is um, uh, which one is it? The Satanist. Yeah. Satanist, which was a good, which was a strong yeah. album. Yeah. Um, and I I like the the more modern era of Behemoth for sure. Um, I've only listened to this album once, to be honest. Um, I, there's a couple of really really good catchy songs on here. Um, I know they're not as enjoying it as much as like previous albums, but you know, I I think it's a really I it's it's definitely the direction you wanted them to go in. You know what I mean? You you mean Justin's not enjoying it? Yeah. Anymore? Yeah, he mentioned it previously. I'm like, yeah, okay, well. and it's interesting, like knowing what Justin's tastes are in black metal for right. the the dense and the difficult and the wall of sound. The fact that it's reversed with Behemoth, mm-hmm. it it's not. It's like, yeah, I could see how that makes sense. That what Behemoth has changed appeals to us more and yes. less than Justin. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like exactly what they're doing now is way more appealing than like their earlier stuff to me. But that's just my opinion, you know. Yeah, I was never, I wasn't really brought up as you as you call the wall of sound black metal style, you know. It's just something I wasn't really into. It was I was more of a death metal guy, and and then more of the power metal and prog stuff. It's just, but uh, it just probably in the past, I don't know, tennis years, I've been really getting into it. So, like you mentioned, Emperor before, I got to see them in like '99. That that's the first thing. I'm like, oh, this is the genre that it's a little bit different than like some of the other, the the rawer stuff, but it's something I can definitely get into. And seeing that Emperor show was like, it was my, it was it changed my mind on a lot of stuff, man. It was really cool. Yeah, I I, I saw them live on seventy thousand tons of metal right before uh, COVID hit. This is back in I guess February of two thousand and twenty, and I was blown That's away right before they hit. I mean, it was literally. I'm mean, I'm lucky I got off the boat. I mean, they it was two weeks later. They were holding boats in port yeah, because they yeah. didn't want you to get off. It was it was bananas. But that show was the first time I had seen. I saw them and Carrick Angren on this ship, and it was just two of the best black metal shows I've ever seen. Yeah, Carrick Angren, they they're phenomenal live. Yeah. Um. So that's something I've always wanted to do. I love cruising. Me and my wife love cruising. I, I love heavy metal. I don't know why I've never been on a 70,000 ton. Uh, I think another reason why my previous job, um, my busy time was like January to May, because that's when the con- the convention was. So I wasn't really able to take time off during that time. So, um, and I think I can get my wife to go on because have, going to a big metal festival is not probably her idea of fun. But she likes seeing metal shows. I think giving her the opportunity I'm going to go to my room whenever I want and be able to relax and chill out 
is something that's probably appealing to both of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and this gives you that outlet. It, it's funny because yeah. I, on the one hand, you have four bands playing at all times, literally twenty hours a day, and that is not an exaggeration. Like bands like are two in the morning, aren't there? Five in the morning. You literally have bands starting their set at four forty-five, and then bands coming up with the sun at nine thirty. It is That's crazy. It's crazy, and like you have to kind of pick and choose your spots because yeah. you will burn yourself out after a day or two. Sure. But by the same token, everybody plays twice. So if a band is playing at five o'clock in the morning, they're probably playing at two in the afternoon the next time, where you know that you'll be able to see them. And I know there's a lot of meet and greet setups and that type of stuff as well. That's really cool. I've yeah, got to. If if you like that was the first cruise I've ever been on, so I can't compare it to anything. Oh, but I can imagine if you routinely yeah. go on cruises with we your do. wife. Yeah, this is right up your alley. We've been on uh, since October of last year. Next month will be our fourth cruise. Wow! And yeah, so they just there's at some point they're like, "Hey, come back, come cruising. Here's a really good deal. Like like we got a twenty five dollar week cruise. You know what I mean? Wow, that was it. Twenty five bucks. We're like, okay. It's how could you not? not to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do, would you, would you go on 70 K Sean? Would that be something you would be into? Um, I, it'd be the thing I'd be most likely to do, um, more so than like Vakken or Hellfest. Oh yeah. Those because, I'm just going to be happy to watch online. Because I, I, it's always been sort of like a distant dream to go to Vakken, but after talking to you, know, we, we had a guest on the show who actually went to Vakken and yep. hearing his experiences and hearing other people's experiences and, and, and visualizing myself in that environment, I, I think it would be so exhausting as to kind of destroy my enjoyment. And 70,000 tons, like you said, you're tired. You can go take a two-hour power nap in your cabin and then yeah. you know get back on the horse. So, yeah. Um, speaking of little metal festivals, do you want to talk about Hell's Heroes? Sure. You want to talk? So they, one of the things we, we enjoyed ourselves at the show last year. Um, it's at a venue here. There's a, it's, uh, there's an upstairs area and then there's a downstairs area, right? The downstairs is like the big venue where all the bigger bands play. And then there's like an upstairs room, which is say what you think maybe three, 400 people can fit in that room. Uncomfortably. Maybe less. Yeah. Uncomfortably. Yeah. There was like salads of people in that room during, uh, during like when the High Spirits played. There's it was a bunch. Like it's a, it. I tried to get in. I'm like I did not feel comfortable. It was still you know COVID still happening. I was like I am not getting that close to people. But um, we saw some really good bands last year. Candlemas was great. We got to see uh, who else was like a highlight for you. We did a whole Orleans, episode on this. High Spirits, yeah, yeah. Candlemas, Eternal Champion. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Haunt were really good for me. Yeah, a lot of those kind of band, Midnight. Yeah, the surprise band was Midnight, um, which was obvious because everybody knew who they were coming. <laughs> but this year, um, they've announced the lineup, and then they just put tickets back on sale because what they've done is they added a headliner, a bigger headliner. They said they were going to do it, and they opened up. There's a big outdoor area, and there's a stage out there which they didn't utilize previously ever at all. But this year they're opening the main stage is going to be that big outdoor stage, and then the the bigger inside stage will be the other stage basically. So they announced Trypticon is going to be headlining, doing nothing but classic Celtic Frost songs, which is pretty damn cool. I've seen Trypticon before. 
I saw them opening up for Typo Negative back in the day, um, which was a great show. But you also have bands like Possessed, Demon, Liege Lord, Razor, uh, Ross the Both, which I'm not, I, I, I'm not too excited for that one. I'm not, a, I'm not a Man of War fan, but that's that's just me. Uh, Pagan Altar, Satan, Visigoth, Night Demon, uh, Riot City, Haunt, Hollis, which if you haven't heard the Hollis band, album from this year, it's really fantastic. It's really spacey, weird, cool metal, you know? Any of those bands, Sean, that are like, I have to see this show? I mean, we, you know, we, I was not going to buy a ticket when Razor and Possessed were the headliners. Right. And, and, you know, I'll admit the Triptychon is a cool headliner. The set is special, makes the show special. Yeah. I fundamentally have a problem with the idea of announcing a headliner after the fact. Like the show had sold out and then they announced they're going to move the show outside, which there's a noise limit outside. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely see your point. I, I don't know if they if that was an on purpose thing. I just think that was. I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're going through a transition process of like, hey, we can make this festival bigger. Let's have it outside. Sure, that's fair enough. But I've seen pop show. I've seen the pop show out there. The volume had to be regulated. In fact, they oh, really? actually had a guy out there testing it on stage to make sure it didn't. Because there's a there's an agreement with that neighborhood. This venue yeah. is literally a stone's throw from this neighborhood. And yeah, it if is. Have, if you're going to have like a metal show out there, you're going to have to tampen down the volume. So you're going to have a loud ass band like Triptychon playing about any, any metal band, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just think that like, I, I hope that everyone, I hope that the show goes well. I hope that everyone there has a great time. I hope it goes successfully because I like this festival and I want it to succeed. It's a, it's a Houston thing. I've always yeah. dreamed of having this kind of thing here. I just don't like the way they handled it this time. So that's we've also, we also had the discussion of they need to vary their lineup a little bit more too. The needs. I just, I just fundamentally, I just think like it, it's one thing for you to do like Vakken or Hellfest. People buy those tickets ahead of time. They don't know the lineups, but it's a destination event. 70,000 tons destination event, prog power destination event. If you're going to make, Hell's Hero is a destination event. I guess this is the way you're going to do it, where you're not you're going to throw tickets on sale and not announce a headliner. It just didn't seem like it was at that place. So if they're going to try to make that move to make it that kind of an event, that's fair enough. I just wish they had been more transparent about it. Um, that being said, I hope the show goes great. I hope there's no problems, and I hope that there's no rain. And yeah, no hurricane. No hurricane. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, you're, uh, you know, you're saying some of the stuff, you know, for the, the comic con that I used to work for some of the complaints we got all the time is why, why do you guys raise prices? Why do you, you know, you know, sometimes contracts take longer for certain things and blah, blah, blah. And it's always, so I, I definitely am giving them the benefit of the doubt here. So I don't think nothing was done on purpose because I know the guy who runs the show, Christian Larson is a good guy. So, I don't know. We'll just go from there. I have not bought a ticket because personally for me, there hasn't been a band where I'm like, Oh, I have to shell out 150 bucks. You know what I mean? To go see the show. Yeah. And I like Celtic frost, but um, I don't, that's not enough for me to 
push me over the edge. The the thing that brought me there last time, not only was Candlemas, but was all the little bands in the in the small room. So um, yeah, there's not enough of those this time. I've already seen Visigoth. So sure, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on then. Um, we're gonna get into uh, something that's really high on my my favorite albums right now. Um, we're gonna get into the Wolfheart. We're gonna play the song. And we'll talk about it after after we play it because I want to really dive into this album a little bit more. So, with that being said, let's get into the the track is called "The King" from the album "King of the Norse." Here's Wolfheart.
that was the King by Wolfheart from the Jon Snow album, oh. King of the North. <laughs> well, before that, well, actually, we heard Summerlands. Summerlands, oh. Summerlands, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the band, we call it, Edge call of the Knife. Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this was my pick tonight was uh, Edge of the Knife, um, which is, um, I think, the best Summerlands album to date. And this individual song, maybe the best thing they've ever written. And there's something about this this vocalist. He has this kind of Aussie meets Klaus Minor kind of voice <laughs> to him that I really love. And and, the, and I think the reason why I've been addicted to this album, because it's really been the only, like the, the thing I've been listening to heavy rotation for the past two weeks is that it reminds me of just classic metal. Yeah. Like not, not just like on purpose, classic metal, but classic metal that just sort of rubbed off on these guys and they can't get it out of their system. And I, I know that's a weird way of describing it, but it's like it's not put on. It's not like a. It's not like an act. It's not forced. It just feel, It feels really natural coming from him. This is a and, newer um, vocalist too, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this guy's vocals took what I thought to be a pretty good album and made it very good. Yeah, there was something about his vocals and the way it fit the songs. Which again, I don't know that the songs are something that we haven't heard before necessarily. I mean, you you you've heard songs in this vein. Good songs, no question about it. But when you put this singer over the top, he makes it something special. And this album really, really surprised me. I it kind of came out of nowhere for me, but I loved it. It this the beginning riff of it. It's very Dawkins like for me. It's that that eighties, you know, Dawkins uh, hair metal stuff. I, I hate to call it hair metal, but but. It, but done modernly and done really, really well. Yeah. And they were always my favorite of that genre, right? I was always, it was always yes. Dokken and then everybody else for me. So this was, to your point, kind of an extension of that, but with a more modern flair. Exactly. It's, the, it, it's, you could put this album in the 1986 and it would, it would do really, really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dokken's a great reference because, like the thing with Dawkins was that it was always like tra- kind of like kind of gritty traditional metal, but yeah. painted with like a dusting of glitz and gloss to it. And I love that balance to that old stuff like Dawkins. And, and that's what this album is. It's like, it's not like USPM gritty. It's a mix of that with the kind of polish of the uh, uh, kind of arena metal of the late eighties yes. that, and that, and I love that mix. And, and- I, you know, yeah. even like Cinderella and those type of bands, or, you, or, know? you know, those late eighties Europe albums, which were freaking spectacular, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So if you, you got to see them live at Hell's Heroes, right? Yes. How with this vocalist here or the different vocalist? Yeah. How were yeah. they? Cause that was that I mean, room where it was nut to butt. There's no way I was getting in there. It was, it was so intense. I mean, the energy was great. The only, I mean, they were, they were so captivating on scene. He was so captivating on stage. I think the guy's name is Brendan, Brendan something. Um, uh, Brendan Radigan. Yeah. And he was so great on stage. And um, Wasn't that one of the, way, the withers from Lord of the Rings, Radigan? Radigast. Radigast. Okay. Close that. enough. Close. Yeah. And um, they, they were, they had way more stage presence than I expected them to. I, I think I said this on, um, 
on the metal exchange episode, but I thought they'd be nerds on stage up there. Right. And they really, no, they just kind of owned it. And yeah, they, they were great. Them and high spirits are like the highlights of that festival for me. Yeah. I was, I was sad that I didn't get to see them live, but I tried. I was like, oh, I, you just I had to push it. into that room, man. I wasn't feeling comfortable. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Um, yeah. If you haven't checked out the new Sumer lands, is it Sumer or Summer? Sumer, Sumer, Sumer Lands. Uh, check it out. It's called Dream Killer. It's really, really catchy, really good stuff. Um, speaking of really, really catchy and really good stuff, the new Wolfheart album uh, came out a couple weeks ago called King of the North, and I heard your Game of Thrones joke, which is I totally get that. Uh, have he, you, it was Jon Snow, right? It's been so long since I've watched it. It was Jon Snow, Snow yeah. the king of, Okay. Jon Snow was King of the North, yeah. You're exactly right. Um, what... Let's get into what our thoughts are on the album. Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, I only heard half of it today. Um, so, sounds like... A, I'll tell you what, it's better than the last thing they put out, which was... Wasn't that the war-themed album? Like the the, the World War II or whatever? Yeah, I mean, this is just... It, this feels more Wolfheart. That last one seemed sort of just out of step with what they were with, with what I expected them to do. And it just never, it didn't, it never really grabbed me. This one seems more like what they're comfortable with doing. So maybe even not only thematically, like lyrically, but just musically as well. So I can see that. Uh, I like what I heard. Yeah. Uh, when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, they're going to have Jesse Leach uh, from <laughs> kill switch engage on one of the tracks. And it works so damn well. Um, the track he's on is called Ancestor. Uh, his clean vocals fit this band so well. I'm like, he needs to be just a permanent addition to the band. I would totally be into that. But um, I've been a I've been a fan of uh, Tomas uh, so Sakunin. Uh, uh, what's the name of that uh, the one band he before we're talked about before the dawn, but um, Black Sun Aeon that's the band. Yeah, I've been a, I've been a fan of him since that uh, that album came out, and then when the Wolfheart start heart stuff started coming out, and it sort of became his main thing, and then a couple years ago he re he brought back Dawn of Solace, which I did not think was going to happen. And they put out an album, which a lot of people are forgetting about, that came out early in the year in January. And it's one of the best albums of the year, really. And then we just realized tonight that there's a new Before the Dawn single, which is a new album coming out soon. This guy's yeah, a Justin told us about that. Yeah, Justin right here told us. And I'm like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna just say this. One of the first albums I think I heard late December as a January release was, was Flames of Perdition by Dawn of Solace. And to yeah. this point... I haven't heard an album that I like more than that album. So I want to start by saying that's my album of the year on September, whatever it is today. This album, the Wolfheart album, I don't think it's going to eclipse Dawn of Solace, but it's going to be up there because it's in, in a year where there's been a lot of good melodic death metal albums. This might be at the front of the pack. This and the Halo effect for me are probably the two best melodic death metal albums that I've heard obviously very different styles of, uh, you know, very different takes on the genre, but this was so melodic and so 
uh, gritty, that there was just something about that marriage that I loved. And the guitar tone, not surprisingly, was just beautiful. The 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 usage of of keys and and synths and all that kind of stuff on this album, I get it. It feel they've they've really come into their own, and it feels like how Evergrey has it, it includes that it's part of their sound. It's another instrument. It's not just in the background. Um, I definitely get. I, it's weird. I get Evergrey moments on this album, but it's not an Evergrey style album. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. And, and having the keys at the forefront instead of just being some sort of accompaniment in the, on the back end, that's what gra- that's what has me gravitate towards an album like this because it's that diversity and that and the melodies really combined with um, you know just a phenomenal vocal performance. At this point, you know Thomas Sakinen, I mean he he's three for three. He's got two great albums, and then obviously. Um, the Before the Dawn single, if it's any indication, that album's going to be a, a home run as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not make him the MVP for, for 2022? He, he might he might just be. We'll have to uh, we'll have to give out an award, maybe. We'll have to do something cool for him. Huh. Be, you mentioned awesome. you mentioned Halo Effect. Um, yes. yes. So I'm I want to I'm curious because we haven't talked to you about this. Were you like an old school In Flames fan or like a Jesper Strombold? fan like back in the day i will never forget my first exposure i i there was a, a buddy of mine who said you have to hear this band in flames and i'm going back to i think 2000 2001 something like that and at the time i just wasn't really into melodic death metal i had dipped my toe into the soil work pool but it hadn't really resonated yet it would take a little time so there were songs that i loved i loved only for the week I loved Colony, and there were just certain songs on albums that I said to myself, this is really good, but I never dove headfirst into the In Flames pool. I've since gone back, and I and I can appreciate a lot of that stuff. Um, and then they lost me. I don't couldn't tell you exactly when it was. Oh, but I know when it was. Tell me, because I'm sure uh, you're right. Um, it's when uh, – what's the singer's name? I can't even think of his name now. Anders Frieden. Anders, yeah. He just said he was a, he was a, he was a writer too. Yeah, well, it, it was it was it was around that time, and I'll tell you, they they just lost me. And I even when I saw them live, I think they opened for somebody. Maybe it was within I don't remember who I saw them open for someone. And I had never seen them live, and it just didn't grab me because they weren't playing the stuff that I wanted to hear from 1998. This album harkened back to that stuff, and it was like going back in time. Although with with dare I say a better vocal performance, arguably, just because. I happen to you know love the vocals and, and the mix, um, but yeah, to, to your point, I was never a huge In Flames fan, but it was, this this kind of brought me back full circle, if you will. It was soundtrack to your escape, two thousand four. Yes, it that's it, that's it, that's it. And uh, I hate to be this guy, but they put out two or three new singles, and they're actually not bad. I I don't know what's gotten into them. I don't know if the, if the entire album's going to be good. But um, some of it's actually not bad. But there's there's parts of the songs where it's like, oh, they're they're dipping back into that to that style that does not work for them. I think what they were trying to do, they were they were getting so popular, they were trying to cater to that popularity, and it just did not work for their style. Um, they probably brought them a lot more mainstream fans, but they're the 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 fans that liked them before then 
just dropped off. They're like, yeah, they stuck around with some maybe one, two albums. They're like, all right, so let's see what's going on here. And then probably that Purpose album, I can't even think of what it's called. And then that something about the playground. I'm like, oh, you, you guys are done. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe their new album will be good. It's not going to beat the Halo effect, and it's not going to be Wolfheart, but we'll see. On that recommendation, I will dip my toe back into the pool again at, because I'm curious. Um, but I'll, my, my expectations are tempered just because of what I've heard keep the them, last 20 years. Keep them low. Keep them low. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, very cool. So I, we're all in agreement that we're all fans of Wolfheart. Definitely. All right. Yeah. Um, Let's get into something local, Sean. I know you you you've heard this a little bit. Uh, this is the band uh, I discovered maybe a month or so ago. I don't know how they popped up on my radar, but they're a band called Discarnate Horizon. Uh, they're a local band from Houston. Um, they're uh, very raw, but it's like black and roll. Um, little little bit of like Motorhead punkiness to them. Um, I really like their style and. Dave, my co-host on Metal Geeks, the uh, weekend before last, we went to this uh, heavy metal swap meet, and our our the booth that Dave had set up, I was right right there with him, selling some CDs, giving out flyers and stuff, and we we're right next to the stage. Uh, there was a couple of really good local bands. This band Labyrinth, we we mentioned on the on Metal Geeks, not the the Italian power metal band, but these guys are like nineteen eighty six. Uh, like thrash completely. They w- wearing white Adidas. I mean, it was like straight out of 1986-87. and they were great too. But uh, seeing uh, Discarnate Horizon, there was like they were the last band to play, and there was like nobody left, and they were phenomenal. They were so good. Um, I'm gonna make it a point to try to see them whenever I can locally. I really, really like these guys. Um, I don't know uh, too much about them, but uh, let's just get into the track from the album. It's called uh, Under Grim Skies. Um, actually, I have it right here. Um, picked it up at the show. I got the last copy of the CD, apparently, in Houston. That's what I was told. But uh, let's check out the track. It's called A Shrine Once Stood. And we'll be right back. <laughs>
and back to the show, everyone. Uh, that was uh, a bit of a local Texas set right there. Um, we just finished listening to a band called Hinayana. Uh, I've heard this name for a long time. I knew they were like a Death Doom project, but I saw them opening up for uh, for Ocean of the Slumber last month, and they blew me away. Um, these guys are phenomenal. They're from Austin, Texas. Uh, melodic doom deaths, but yeah, they're they're really really great. They let, they put an EP out in 2020, the last one where we played the track. It's called um, "Deaths of the Cosmic," and these guys right now are touring with uh, Bortnagar and uh, Wolfheart, and uh, I think Moonspell's on that tour. I can't remember the one other band, but I was talking to them about that at the show, and I was like. I, how amazing is it that you guys are opening up for this tour and they could not believe it there. Cause we were both, my, I think my wife was wearing a Bortnagar shirt and they just pointed at her. They're like Bortnagar right there. That's it right there. It was, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that they're, uh, this band is, uh, making it out of Texas, you know, and big European tour like that. It's great. On, on, on your rec, obviously I listened to death of the cosmic and I immediately grabbed the album. I was blown away by this track. I thought it was so well done and it reminded me of something that you'd hear out of europe i was shocked to hear that they were a bunch of texas boys right. um yeah it was just it was it was a sound that you i i was used to hearing from somewhere you know up near the arctic circle it was it was it was very very well done it's very cold very it's a very finished style of melodic death metal yes agreed um, hope they come out with a new album yeah I, I really do. I think they probably are going to be working on something. Too. Was this your first time actually hearing these guys, Sean? No, I, I could swear we played them or talked about them before. I don't know if we played them, but we I, probably talked about I've, them. I definitely heard this album before, yeah. Okay. Well, I for some reason, they, they escaped my mind. <laughs> so I'm glad they came back, is all I can say. Yeah. I actually bought the shirt from them, too. I'm like, I they didn't really have much merch, but I'm like... I want to support you guys by doing something. So I bought a t-shirt, you know? Um, and before that was uh, another, it was actually a Houston band. We mentioned uh, Discarnate Horizon, uh, very blackened, thrashy, motorhead. Would you, would you call it sleazy, but in a good way? Yeah, it, to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't hear Sebastian Bach and, and Skid Row on this track, but what I do hear is the black metal tied to the sleaziness, yeah. almost like a hardcore superstar or something like that, elements of it infused in, in a more traditional black metal sound. Interesting. Um, I, I, I don't know that I love it as much as uh, Exilium Noctis, but at the same time, there's enough there that I can actually listen to this and appreciate it, and I, I kind of want to check out some more songs. I'm waiting for uh, – with a really, really killer production, these guys are going to be really, really good, really great. Yeah, no question. That's one thing that, you know, Sean and I, we, there's a lot of great local bands, but we're not – I don't go to a lot of local shows all the time, so I'm not really tapped in to the scene as, like, I used to be. Like, when I first started doing the fanzine 20 years ago, I was, like, going to almost every single uh, local show and – um, it's just, I just don't have the time anymore. You know, I'm old. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. I, I have to pick and choose what I do and what shows I go to that type of stuff. So I, I, but I am glad I got to see these guys live at that, um, at that metal swap meet. Um, yeah, that was, that's a good time. Just 
browsing vinyl records and talking to people about metal and bands playing and promoting yourself and good, it's a good um, time. I'll just say this as somebody who's been going to Prague power for 20 plus years, they have a vendor room where it's basically what you're talking about. And, and you get the reprieve because it's only one band at a time. The hotels are all within a block or two of, of the venue. So you don't feel that constant uh, barrage of music that you can't escape when, when you need a little reprieve. It's really, really, it's really, really nice. And, and when you talk about the swap meet, it reminds me of this one large sure. room. It's well done. It was I. Uh, it was like that for the Milwaukee Metal Fest I went to for many many years. Um, I I don't know why, Sean. Why have we not been to Prague Power? What is up with us? I was going we're to go not, the that year far. that the year that Therion and Orphan Land and Ed Guy I think oh, shit, Ed yeah. Guy was on the bill like uh, that year because I remember it was the year that Hurricane Rita hit Houston. Yeah, I was right. going to go. But the hurricane stopped me from going, and I should have gone. I should have. I should have just gone. Because a friend of mine was driving, and he went, and he had the best time. He oh, really? met Orphan Land, met oh. Therion. I regret it. I, I totally regret not going to that. But I yeah. wanted to go the year uh, I know Devin Townsend did that performance with Annika. Yeah, that would have yeah. been that would have been the year for me. I'll, I'll say this: there's three or four left. Go. Don't, don't go to the last one, and I'll tell you why. Go to one of the next two or three yeah. because you're going to want to go again and you don't want to go to the last one and say it's over. I can't go again. So think what about you, it that way. What do you mean there's only three or four more? Is it so stop? They're, 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 I think this is 21 or 22 that's coming up. I want to say 22. Yeah. Uh, in, 20, in 22, I think will be next year in 2023. Don't, don't quote me on that. But the promoter said that after 25, he's done. He's not mm. doing anymore. And he's been saying that for a long, long time. And although wow. there's rumblings that – Maybe people decide to take over or, or that it continues in some other reincarnation. There's no guarantee of that. So you want to go and then at least give yourselves the opportunity to go back a second time. Because I, like I said, I've been going since 2002 and I've missed one or two, but it was because of the birth of my daughter, things like that. Like, yeah, I, otherwise I've literally been there. That, I think that just sounds like excuses now. Yeah. Tell that to my wife. I've been there like eight, I think like 18 out of 20 years at this point. Wow. And, I, and I, and I won't miss another one. again. So, for somebody uh, who's never been, and that's a genre that I love, who's been your top five bands you've seen at Prog Power? Oh, goodness. That is a very difficult question. I really would need to think about this, but I'll just throw out a couple of sets that come to mind. First and foremost, uh, Vanden Plas at Prog Power 4 was phenomenal. I was a massive fan of that band at the time, and the set, they just sounded so good, and they were playing all the old material, which I loved so that one sticks out although i don't think it's my favorite um john oliva playing all of streets was like a <sighs> religious experience it was it was literally i was in tears i had i mean like it was one of the most moving sets i've ever seen and he's one of the best showmen yes I've ever I, I i was lucky enough he actually played a club here in houston maybe probably been like eight nine years ago by now but it was phenomenal yeah i, I just i i cannot say enough things about him as just a performer forget the music I, you don't have to like the note you don't have to like him as a performer or the music i think you're crazy if you don't but just watching him perform is is is, is phenomenal yes. um other bands that just come to mind the first time i saw conception in 2006 blew me away i just think that that band was 
on fire master plan if you're if you're into yeah. like it, their their most recent album was phenomenal and they it came was, over and they the were, when you saw them with yorn uh no unfortunately that is i did see yorn at prog power he did a solo set which was also phenomenal oh, sorry yorn fucking lande Yes, and don't and don't and and don't mistake it. Um, he 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 is a he is phenomenal, but it was it was um, it was not him. It was it's the current vocalist who yep. the name escapes me. But um, he did. I got, he to, was, see, I got to see Yorn was uh, when he was when he was with Avantasia. Phenomenal. Uh, it was so great. Yeah, he's he's somehow underrated, even though he's widely regarded as one of the best. If, if that makes right. any sense, yeah, it does. Um, I, I I I won't I won't go. I won't go into a, a laundry list, but I'll just say those are some of the ones that just absolutely jump out as, um, you know, phenomenal performances. I know this year, uh, Green Carnation is playing. Who I would, I, I would love to see them live. I really love that band. Yeah, um, uh, and, and the new album is strong. So they're they're actually playing two sets. They're gonna play the they're gonna head they're gonna they're gonna play an electric show and do their full set, and then they're doing an acoustic show. So I have a feeling they'll be playing all the acoustic verses and some other. You know who knows what they're going to play, but um, they're playing two sets. I I cannot wait because I did miss them the last time. That's so cool, looking man. at the lineup, it's uh, Camelot, Miras, uh, Caligula's Horse, Unleash the Archers, Green Carnation, Delane. That's the band that I saw was Amorphous, wasn't it? It was Delane. I was thinking yeah. of it was Amaranth, but I was I'm mistaken. And then like we did the meet and greet with Amorphous and Annika, and then Delane, and mm-hmm. then we got. We we went down the line and we got to Delane and we we're like, "Hey, how's it going? I don't really like your band, but I'll take your autograph. Sure, let's do it." They've um they have a new <laughs> singer and they're they're, right. they're and they've kind of harkened their sound back to what they used to sound like. If the oh, really? single is any indication, it sounds more like the early stuff, which is what I loved. So I, I'm actually looking forward to their new album more than I have in a probably about a decade. And then uh, Ad Infini- Infinitum. Orbit culture, which is the culture around the, the gum, of course. Of course. So people that hang out and chew gum. Uh, <laughs> Shaman, Poverty's No Crime, Cryptex, and Wind Rose. So, um, and then there's like a opening day or day two, which is Beast in Black and Vola in the Halo Effect, Seven Kingdoms, and Zero Hour. That's the day. I want to be on that day. That's amazing. That's, that's a, a fucking killer lineup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that there's a lot of thought that went into into all of this, but you can see that they're obviously it, it concentrates on the prog and the power, but then they throw in a band like the Halo Effect or something like that just to you know keep it keep it keep other people going and whatnot. Uh, they haven't even announced the first day. There's a there's a Wednesday show as well, and from yeah. all accounts, it's it's shaping up to be a pretty special show as well. So it should be a fun weekend. Any rumors? I you, say it again. Any rumors? There are rumors. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Sounds like you might know more than a rumor here. We'll, but we'll, we'll go, we'll go away from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to see Vola live. I mean, that they've become one of my new favorite bands in that genre. They're so, so good. So talented. They're, they're actually touring, um, but they're not doing a large run of shows. Yep. I think they're touring next month or, or in November, but it, you know, a handful of select markets. And guess which one of those is not. <laughs> well, you're welcome to come up to Brooklyn. They'll be playing here, on, I think, on the 22nd of November. You know, uh, I've been meaning to come back up to New Jersey, New York. My wife has never been. Um, uh, we've been wanting to go to like the Quick Stop and Kevin Smith's Secret Stash and all that, hang out with them. And 
but uh, she's never been. So maybe we could arrange. Or we should. We should find a concert that we really want to do again, and then and and make a a, a trip out of it. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be. Uh... That would be an experience. Pick a show that's not coming to uh, your area so that you can exactly. have an excuse to come up. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> one of the weirdest things about New, New Jersey to me, we went to uh, my buddy that was in a band called Blood Throne. Uh, we went to New Jersey Metal Fest like two years in a row, or three years in a row. And um, no, two years. We, we went to Milwaukee, but yeah, you're not allowed to pump your own gas. And we went to a Burger King. I'm like, yeah, let me get a mustard Whopper. They're like, what's that? I'm like, no, no, oh, yeah. no, Texas Whopper, because that's what they're called down here. I'm like, they're like, we don't have that. I'm like, oh, let me get a just a, a Whopper with mustard on it. Oh, we don't have mustard. I'm like, well, can you, you can't. Do, we don't have mustard in the store. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, how is that possible? It's, it's another world, and you also can't make a left turn. There's all these roundabouts, which is just a foreign concept to me as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not used to that. As a New Yorker, we just kind of turn where we want. But like there, there's literally roundabouts that you have to go through. I, I still get confused. Right, yeah, Roundabouts freak me out. Yeah, we have some here, some weird uh, like circle, get off the freeway here type of clover type setups. And they're always yeah. confusing. You're like, which way am I supposed to go? What's going on here? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at Alvola. Where are they playing? They're playing uh, nowhere in Texas, that's for sure. So, yeah, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Chicago, Ohio, Maryland, New York, Brooklyn. Not, nowhere, uh, nowhere, nowhere out west or down south for sure. No, not even like California or like anywhere near there. You know, surprising. But they'll be at Prague Power next year, so there's an ex- there, there's your excuse. But we do get a band uh, coming in December. I didn't think we're going to get, and that's Sewin. Excited to see that show. They are so good live. I've seen them three times. Really, every show has been better than the next. Um, they, you talk about Vola. I love them. Yeah. I think Sewin is probably even one step for me. One step even above Vola in terms of I, I, I've become a massive, massive fan. I've, I've always said my my one of my first loves was Tool. And one of my second loves was Opeth. And then I heard Soen. And it was like the perfect marriage of, the, of sure. these two sounds. I get, I get that. Yeah. I've never been a Tool fan, but that's just me. But I'm a huge Opeth fan. Especially, yeah. I mean, he's Martin. That's just, he's in the band, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he does the drumming. Band. And that's why the, the drum parts sound like they're right off of um, Blackwater Park in, in yeah. a lot of spots. Which is, I, I guess we didn't talk about that whole weird situation with Opeth and Paradise Lost with the drummer. Oh, yeah. So Paradise uh, Lost drummer quit and joined Opeth. Yeah, so I guess – so apparently there was – well, I got to look up his name. I don't remember his name at the moment. But um, let's see the current lineup uh, members. Oh, yeah, well, Terry, that's his name. So he's been in Paradise Lost for probably the past nine years. Great drummer. Um, He made a couple weeks ago, he made a, a Facebook post. His whole big thing is like, I'm leaving Paradise Lost and blah, blah, blah. Didn't give a reason. Next day, he's announced to the, the drummer for Opeth. He's already on tour with him. I'm like, oh, well. Ooh, that's a bad look. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't I blame love, him. I, but exactly. I think there's a, way, there's, a, there's a tact that you may want to employ right. before you make that kind of a leap. I'm a huge fan of Paradise Lost, but I can't fault the guy for going where the money is, where the touring is. Oh, no. Is, you know? No offense, no, but, to Paradise Lost, but 
Opeth, Opeth still plays huge, huge yeah. venues. And, and I don't think there's any sign of that stopping. I've seen them alive a bunch of times and they're, you know, what, what, what hasn't been said about Opeth? Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. Um, we have one last band we're going to get into. You want us to talk about? Let's talk about the Stradivarius album before, and then we'll talk about where people can find us, and then we'll we'll go go to bed because I'm getting tired myself. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean the the new album is maybe the best thing they've done in a couple years. I mean, I actually like a lot of post Tolkien Stradivarius. I actually think they've found um, like a like a kind of a groove without Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Then whoever the new the new guitarist is, the guitar tone on the new album is sick. I love the guitar tone on this record. And there's something like extra punchy about the production on it. Yeah. Um it's a really strong Stradivarius album. Above average, definitely. I loved Nemesis back in 2013. I thought that that was the best post Tolkien Stradivarius album. Yes. This one after, yes, this one just, I think, gives it a run for its money. I don't know that it's better, but no. I'm loving this album. It is really good. There's not a bad song on the album. And it's one of those things where even though, you know, I think it runs about 55 or minutes or something like that, maybe an hour, it doesn't feel like it. It moves and it, and, and you find yourself kind of grooving to it and, and it's very accessible, which, you know, most Stradivarius is, but this is a really solid release. And I, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, the two other power metal albums, which I loved. This is the third. This is the, these are the three best power metal albums I've heard all year. And I don't think it's close fellowship, Dragonland, and Stradivarius. And then it's everybody else for me. I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. This is one of the best. I, I don't, this is where I don't think this is more power metal. There's power metal element, but there's definitely a more, it's more simplistic, more, more rock and roll based. You know what I mean? Um, which is nothing wrong with that. I, they've been doing that the past couple albums. Um, like the last album they put out, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of. It was just, it was, a, was that Eternal or... Because you mentioned uh, Nemesis, and that's one of my favorite albums by them, hands down. Yeah, yeah. And this definitely, I agree. It. I don't think it's as good, but it's right up there on that precipice. Yeah, I think that's well said. The last album had a couple of songs that, you know, were kind of grabbed me, but I didn't think it was a great release. This was a real return to form. And um, I didn't think they had it in them after all these years, because, you know, I mean, I, I grew up on the visions, the episode, the fourth dimension. So to hear, and again, this sounds nothing like that. I, I want to be clear. This sounds nothing like those albums, but this incarnation of the band, this was a really solid release. And it was just, you know, I, like I said, for a band that's been around the block more than once, this was a really, really refreshing listen. And speaking of T- Timo Cotipelto, uh, Arion, the uh, Universal Migrators remastered are coming out in, in November. All my stuff is pre-ordered. I'm ready to go. Still have the originals. I, I mean, not that I won't buy the remasters, but um, the vinyl I or no, vinyl no, or- I have it on. I have the discs from when I bought them 20 plus years ago. Yeah, me too. I do too. Uh, that's the album. I think the very first Arion. I don't know how we got in Arion, of course, but uh, Sean's like, <laughs> again, 
This is that's the Every very freaking episode we're talking about Arion. <laughs> the first album I ever heard was I was working at a place called Movie Trading Company and I heard about this band. And we had it there, so I just started playing it. And the first track was the Bruce Dickinson track. I'm like, all right, I'm sold. They got Bruce yeah. Dickinson. I'm I'm good. I still don't know how he pulled that off, especially at the time, because they hadn't really blown up yet. I mean, Into the Electric Castle was awesome, but nobody listened to it outside of the small prog circle. So to get Bruce, that was kind of what put him on the map. And he had some other, you know, standout guests, but Bruce is, you know, Bruce is Bruce. <laughs> totally. Um, have you have you heard the new, I know we've talked about a little bit, Sean, the, the speaking of T- Timo still, the Johnny Lamatayan album? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I reviewed it. It was. Yeah. It was all right. It, There's the, some the song, really good the song songs that he did on with, which ones? Well, the the one that he did with Tony Kako might be one of the best songs of the year, but that was the best song on the album, and, and the rest of it just didn't grab me as much as that song. So I like the Timo song, and I like the song he did with Bjorn. But there's a couple, oh, yeah, right, I, yeah. There's a couple songs. I just wish it was a little bit better. Um, do you do you know this album, Justin, at all? Yeah, oh yeah, I, I actually liked it quite a bit. I don't know that it's going to be, um, right. you know, my top ten or anything like that, but I, I found it to be an enjoyable listen. And um, I played it. Let's put it this way: I played it a handful of times, which is more than I can say for most, because I kept finding myself going back to it a little bit. Although I will acknowledge, I don't think it was anything special. It was just an enjoyable listen for me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, so that's our thoughts on the new Stradivarius and all that good stuff. Um, I, I'm. I don't know where it's going to fit into my top albums of the year, because my <laughs> my my tastes are very varied this year. I've been listening to a lot of Funeral Doom albums this year for some reason. Not that I'm in a bad mood or depressed or anything or any of that type of stuff, but there's just been some really good, hauntingly beautiful stuff out this year. Um, we just don't have time to play on the on the show because it's all like 15 minutes long, you know. Yeah, tell me about it. The opposite of like a grindcore episode where you can play a hundred songs and <laughs> <laughs> special episode play. where you just play those two genres and you'll have a real contrast. Exactly, exactly. Um, one of the workout games uh, I do in my VR. I've talked about it. It's this game uh, called Ragnarok. And have you heard about this? No, no. It's it's phenomenal. It's so much fun. There's a lot of it's a metal based rhythm game but you're in a viking warship and you have these four drums in front of you and it's very if you imagine like guitar hero where the notes come down the lane and you have to hit them but uh i mean there's i mean just in the game itself there's ailstorm and they did a hellfest pack they did last year but they super into customizing like importing your own songs you can download them and bring them in and um like there's Amorphous and there's like, I I've done like the whole Arise album for Sepultura, like over and over. That's awesome. It was just so much fun, but <laughs> somebody has uh, done Napalm Death. You suffer on that oh, game. That's going to so be a workout. It's a, Oh man, it's the hardest workout in that game. It's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun though. All right. So uh, let's, since you're our guest, we'll let everybody, let's uh, talk about your podcast again, where people can find more information about you. Yeah, I appreciate it. We, again, are the Metal Exchange Podcast. My buddy Chris and I uh, have been doing it for about two years now. 
covering an album each week and then throwing in some special episodes. And we also take requests. So if you have any requests, definitely come find us. You can find us on all major social media outlets, uh, facebook.com slash the metal exchange podcast, uh, linktree.com at metal exchange. And all of our information is there. So I look forward to catching up with you. Uh, and, um, guys, it was an absolute pleasure. I, I appreciate you having me on and, uh, who who wouldn't want to talk about metal for two hours? I could do this all night. We, well, we can do another, we can do another episode if you want. Let's do it. Um, I thank you for coming on because uh, you're and this is not blowing smoke up your butt, but your metal exchange has become one of my new favorite podcasts. I really love the, the way you guys dissect albums, and it, I not to say that I'm jealous of your format, but I really do enjoy it. Uh, and it's funny that Sean brought you up to my attention like what two or three episodes ago we were just he's like i've discovered this new show and i just i popped it onto my phone and downloaded right there and i'm like oh these guys did an episode on the monkeys i'm down i was like yeah and it's funny because my buddy who's a huge monkeys fan um really kind of walked me through it because i had you know I, i was a casual listener at best and and you know, my house was always a Beatles house, so I never really listened to the monkeys as much. Um, just, you know, it just, just wasn't our thing or what have you. So he kind of walked me through that. Uh, and it's interesting to get, I, I think it's interesting to hear me as a metalhead, my approach yep. to listening to this classic album from 1966 or, or what have you. Yeah. Did you, you had a good time though, right? Oh, it's, it was, it's it was, great it stuff. Was, yeah. It was different than you probably imagined it would have been. It was, and there was more psychedelic elements that I just never knew that they employed. I was thinking just bubblegum pop, but by their third or fourth album, they had really drifted away from that. Just like the Beatles. Um, Exactly, exactly. And quite frankly, you know, my mom would kill me. I am a big fan of that later Beatles era just because as a prog guy – this is oh I mean, yeah. There's no Genesis without without you know Sergeant Pepper's. It's just like the kind of the the the, the evolution, if you will. I mean, well, I think one of the first ever doom. Maybe like a oh, Black Sabbath is the first band to ever really do doom metal in that genre. I I think it's the Beatles. I think it's I want you. She's so heavy. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you it, the Black Sabbath doesn't come out with that debut album without that song. I'm sorry. It's just, it, it is, it is the first doom metal song as far as I'm concerned. And that's a really, really astute point because I don't think most people would make that connection. But when you hear the bass on that song, it's, 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 it, we're getting right. We're getting closer to war pigs. I mean, we're, we, it, that's the next step. There's a, uh, there's a song that it's not a very popular monkey song. It's called riding wrongs. And it's a very key, uh, like piano driven, but it's really slow and plodding. I'm like, I was always wanted like a, a doom metal band to cover this this song. I'll have to show you the link. You'd be like, you could you could listen to it. And you're like, oh, I could I can see that being a really cool doom song. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Beatles fan too. So, um, but growing up, yeah, man, the <laughs> metal and the monkeys was like my my weird thing, and I tried to hide it for so many years, and I'm Own not it. hiding. It for sure i'm owning it embrace it and love it because listen (laughs) we 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 all have our we all have our thing that's right um all right well cool so sean what about you we're we're, what are you working on right now or where can people find information about your your writing uh at the metalpigeon.com i'm doing a well i have a massive reviews collection dump i guess incoming Uh, i don't know when that's going to be out but it's all the things i've been listening to over the past two months oh cool um, at the Metal Pigeon Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, any hints of what albums there? 
just anything that hasn't been like, cause I, the blind guardian deserved a big deep dive. That's already up, but this is just everything else. That's getting like a shorter review. Basically. Gotcha. Um, I, I will say it again. I say it all the time, but if you have not been reading the metal pigeon.com, uh, one of the smartest blogs on metal out there, just not just because I know you for so long, but your, your writing is impeccable and you, you are able to articulate saying that I just, I'm not really able to. So I really love reading your reviews and your articles and stuff. I think I write better than I speak, obviously, as people who listen to the show can probably attest. No, totally opposite. Uh, Well, thanks again, you guys. So uh, as far as our show, MSRCast, we're on all the social medias at MSRCast. You can find our sister show at Metal Geeks on all the social medias, uh, MSRCast.com, MetalGeeks.net, any place where you download your podcast. You just search for those two names. We're there. We're the same feed. Um, and if you're on Facebook, come join the Metal Geek Society where we talk about metal and video games and nerdy stuff and all kinds of geekery. So it's a fun time there. And we're working on something that I can't mention yet, but something that's in the works that I'm really excited about. Uh, we're working on some logos and some more information will be coming out soon. But uh, let's just say we're all going to be united soon. Does that make well sense? Done. Well done. Uh, as always, we have one last thing we have to say, uh, and that is, do you want to let our guests say it, Sean? Yes. Do you know what we have to say at the end of every show? Stay metal. Keep it metal. Yeah, I was close. I was close. I, I was close. Keep close it metal. Enough. <laughs> close Appreciate enough. it, guys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Have a good one, everyone.
Tabloids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.